1: Of Japan existed in 2014. <laughs> it means that this was someone saw this. Can you imagine yeah. being jeb Jap- This is like this is like a Holocaust celebration. Right. This is like if Kristallnacht was in a German movie and the kid was like, Oh right, Well right now I can right. have the condo sticks because the window's broken. <laughs> <laughs> it's fucking crazy.
0: God awful
1: movies. Movie. Movie.
2: Welcome back to the Gamcast, where each week we sample another selection from Christian cinema in a futile effort to find the good one. I'm your host, No Illusions, and sitting to my immediate left is my good friend Heath Enright. Heath, welcome back. It's my distinct pleasure, as always. Very excited. sounded so legit. And sitting 989 miles to my right is my bad friend, Eli Bosnick. Eli, apparently we're still doing this.
1: Yes, we are. It's like fisting. You got to get through the first part and (laughs) And the rest.
2: (laughs) You got to get through it. This is definitely widening my asshole. Yes, this, this uh, this whole podcasting project. So tell us, Heath, what will we be breaking down today?
3: All right, we watched Little Boy. On purpose. Yeah. Netflix is so happy I <laughs> never they broke down and saw this. They're psyched. We knew it.
2: We knew you liked that. We knew We it. got one. At this, we got one guys. At this point my Netflix is just saying perhaps you'd also like testicular cancer. <laughs> right. You seem to uh not have much in the way of standards. We yeah. have a black screen here for you. It could be worse than the shit
1: you've been watching. It has literally suggested fireplace, Christmas fireplace to be like 80, <laughs> eighty times now. That's how vapid and imagineless it thinks I am. It's like, you want to watch a fire because you don't have a real one? 99 out of 100 people that watch these movies want to watch a fire, too. People who liked
3: Little Boy, yeah.
2: Also liked staring into a fire and imagining
3: Japanese people in it. (laughs) All right, so Little Boy. It's based on the true story of how Jesus changed the outcome of World War II by giving magical powers to an eight-year-old kid, mm-hmm. except um, yep. except it's a bit more racist than that actual story. <laughs> so imagine if like like if Bizarro Spike Lee made a racist propaganda film in the 1940s called "Do the Wrong Thing" about <laughs> American relations with Japan. It's it's like half war movie and half that. Okay, that's yeah, that's what we're dealing with.
2: Pretty well nailed exactly. it. I was going to say it was like karate kid with Christianity instead of karate, but yeah, yeah, more or less. <laughs>
1: Oh, I was gonna go with, uh, it's the dark side of a Norman Rockwell painting. Like, you always look at a Norman Rockwell painting, you're like, oh, that looks fun. But then those characters would all be saying the N-word, and you're like, fuck, yeah. God. In the background. Man, I'm glad that's a painting. Actually,
2: someone <laughs> hanging from that tree. Damn, damn, I never saw that before. So tell us, Eli, how bad was this movie?
1: This movie is surprisingly bad. It's not badly acted. No. It's not badly shot. Mm-mm. It's kinda badly written. But the ideas behind it are so insidious that it sort of makes up for the fact that somehow (laughs) they got real actors and real cameramen and all that (laughs) stuff. The ideas behind it are so poisonous that this could have been, this could have been Nicholson's Chinatown Mm. and you still would have looked at this and gone, yes,
2: this isn't a good film. (laughs) Well, and it was bizarrely, I mean, all that other stuff though was bizarrely good. The script did not merit this much talent
3: real yeah. actors yeah
2: it's like tom wilkinson michael tom Robert wilkinson Morton, Eli- uh, emily watson all had the same fucking bookie they all bet <laughs> right? on the wrong fucking team and he's like i'll tell you what tell you what it's gonna ruin your career but you do little boy and we'll call it even and they were like
1: can i just give you the eighty-five thousand dollars i lost on hillary clinton being a guy can i
2: just give you no all right fine fucking swimsuit no i, I like this uh according to uh imdb uh, or the trivia page on IMDb. Kevin James loved this script so much that he agreed to do this movie for free. And if anybody knows a good script when he sees it, that would be Paul Blurn, Mall Cop. To be fair, that's Dude. on the IMDb page of every movie Kevin James has ever done.
1: <laughs> Could I be in this one, guys? He just likes printed things on paper. He's just excited by the Gutenberg press. He's <laughs> Kevin Smith, time
2: traveler. How
1: the fuck did you get this many words on one page?
2: I'll do it. Well, now, okay, so this is, to me, the most bizarre thing about this movie, and maybe I'm I'm jumping the gun mentioning it here, but it strikes me that this is kind of like, this is a Christian movie from the yeah, but God doesn't exist perspective, isn't it? Yeah. Interesting Interesting angle. It's a very skeptical movie. It's
1: simultaneously a very skeptical movie set in the 40s where, as you know, atheism abounds. Uh, (laughs) 1940s America, you couldn't walk two blocks in small-town California without someone being like, Hey, have you read the newest Sam Harris book? It comes out in 40 (laughs) years. But it's not just skeptical in that way. It's also like nobody except this kid believes in religion in this movie. (laughs) Even Even the priest is like – is like, I don't know, well, fucking know, I, mean, I don't know, maybe. Do shit. Little something, I hear it. When he put, uh, well, listen, I don't want to spoil it, but there's a moment where a character pulls out a Bible in this movie and you go, Okay, here we go. And then he opens it up and pulls out anything except the <laughs> right. and goes, Here, do this, kid. And I'm not going to bother you with this fucking book. There's a whole bunch of harsh shit. Honestly, I just keep my weed in here. I cut it out with an X-Acto knife. But here, here's Isn't a list of nice things this to do. Movie.
2: Well, I guess <laughs> the sooner we get the breakdown going, the sooner God can get around to murdering 140,000 people with a nuclear weapon. So we'll pause for a quick break. And when we come back, we'll get to the war crime justification that is Little Boy. With a plot as insidious as the bombing of Hiroshima was okay because daddy came home, we couldn't help but wonder what Christian cinema has waiting in the wings. So in the name of keeping ourselves employed, we have some cinematic suggestions for the folks who made Little Boy. Hayashi had always
3: hoped to be the tallest boy in his village, but with everyone around him, his dream might never have come true. That is, until everyone else was called away for the rape and slaughter of innocents, which leaves him the big man in town. This Christmas,
2: the hope of Nan King. Greta's dream apartment in the middle of Berlin gets stolen out from under her by a wealthy Jewish family. But on November 9th, the man of her dreams will change everything. This summer, Crystal in Shining Armor.
1: Timmy always wanted to be able to see the Hudson River from his bedroom window, but with the World Trade Towers in the way, his dream might never have come true until he makes a wish on a star and a flight that changes everything. Coming in 2018, Lucky Flight 77.
2: And we're back for the breakdown. Now this film, like four out of every five Christian movies, is going to start with an old-timey voiceover, shitty music, and a scene straight from that one postcard on the display that nobody's buying, this time in the form of O'Hare, California.
1: Yeah, and I got to say, I wrote in my notes, it's been three seconds, and this movie is already too much. You go like, <laughs> bark, 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 bark. back in my day, black people stayed where black people belonged, <laughs> and white people, and you're just like, uh, I, literally, I made a noise sitting on my sofa. The moment I, this guy started to talk, I was just like, oh, there's going to be a lot of this, and indeed there is. Yeah, yeah
2: he's like, this is O'Hare, California. <laughs> It's a sleepy village, and I'm like, it's a shithole. We're looking at it. This is a visual medium. You can't tell me this is a sleepy fishing village. It's a fucking shithole. I see it now. If you look, well, you can't see it, but there was
1: actually a kind of nice corner store. Wow, that guy is just pooping in the street, isn't he? (laughs) Just pooping in the street. Oh, well, we're going to call that a sleepy fishing
2: town. Can we cut? We're going for a PG-13 rating, so we're going to call it... A sleepy fishing town. Um, and so we, we meet our hero, um, the, Pepper is the kid's name. Yeah, but they're Pepper. never gonna call him that. No, the, occasionally, yeah, he'll get the, the, the titular title fairly soon in the movie. Um, but the first thing we learn about him is that he's short. And we continue to learn that for a (laughs) 106 fucking minutes.
3: Yeah, actually, we get about one minute into the movie, and right away, we learn that he's short by getting some hate speech. Again, (laughs) a minute into the movie. There's a group picture happening, Mm -hmm. and the main character's a little boy who's apparently too small to capture on film using 1940s technology.
2: <laughs> the so, wavelength of yeah, visible light. Yeah, you can't just get him into a
3: pixel or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> or whatever. So <laughs> the cameraman's having a bunch of trouble. And, and then out of nowhere, the, like this, the, the fat German kid from Willy Wonka, basically, he yells out, <laughs> stop fucking up the shot, midget. Like, really yeah. mean. And everybody laughs. Like, grown adults included yeah. are laughing at this. I mean, everyone. Granted, that... That term wasn't established as like the equivalent of the N word for, for little people back in the 40s, but, you know, still, I mean, pretty bad. And as we're gonna find out, uh, spoiler, they will continue ramping up the hate speech for this entire movie. Yeah, oh, yeah right,
1: right. We'll shift,
2: we'll shift who we are hating on, but yes, exactly. Oh, but if
1: you're wondering, hey, is at any point is someone going to point out the insensitivity of the word midget? Oh, several characters, several characters <laughs> who will later go on to say Jap. Nip <laughs> exactly. Over exactly. and over
2: Sadness. and over again. Yes, it's like
1: the SJW, but only on one side. We're <laughs> gonna get that. Several- <laughs> hey man, hey man. They prefer little person. Can you check your ableism? Anyways, this jap nippy <laughs> motherfucker. This nip over here, over here yeah, exactly. motherfucker. <laughs> Sucky, sucky, three dollars. You know <laughs>
2: So, yeah, so we meet the kid, he's short, and again, we see this 57 times. We also meet his dad, played by Michael Rappaport. What the fuck were you doing in this movie? Come on, man. Um, Who is his partner, and we get this extended, like, me and dad were buddies uh Dad was scene. my
1: only friend.
2: Yeah, yeah, and now I want to just say that this becomes a little more insidious when you realize later that there's another brother yeah. You know, that's just being ignored and all of this stuff. Me and my dad had all these special times. And meanwhile, London's sitting there. Dad, I, I made a birdhouse. You know, but at any London's rate. he's just so. sitting
1: in the corner committing hate crimes quietly to himself. <laughs> that that's must that, have been what that's happened. That's his hobby, as we learn in this movie. Um, but yeah, he and his dad are buds. And we see his dad teaching him to ride a bike. And they're playing. And breaking and, and, his arm. Yeah, exactly. And then we meet Mom.
2: Oh, God. And okay, yeah, right away, mom is a bitch. Yeah. She's like, I'll have none of this having fun with dad bullshit. Build a cushion fort in my fucking living room.
1: I want to take a moment here. The mom throughout the movie, everyone acts as though she's physically attractive. But she's not. She looks like someone left Sally Fields from Punchline out in the sun too long. (laughs) She's not. She looks like the Crip Keeper in drag. She's not a good-looking woman. And yet throughout this movie, several characters will be like, Mmm, boy, your mama looks real, real good. And I'm like, really? Is she standing behind that fucking beef jerky fuck doll? Because I am confused. (laughs) 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 Shit.
2: So I I also have to point out um that we also meet uh during the little fantasy montage with dad the character of Ben Eagle all right so oh. this is like a, a fictional comic book magician that him and his dad love. And is going to be pivotal to the movie. Um, so like, was when he breaks his arm for the bike. He's like I'm so proud of you for breaking your arm. You're just like this magician in this comic book. It makes no fucking sense. But they kind of shoehorn that. And so I figured I'd shoehorn it in it, where it, it, it doesn't belong to. I want to
1: take a moment now. And say that this movie is the birth of a nation for magicians. Like I was deeply <laughs> oh. offended. As, as a member of the Magic Brotherhood. For us to be conveyed this way on film. We have fought so hard. And throughout history, for magicians to be represented this way, and so I can't, I can't do it. I am, I am so triggered right now.
2: I gotta say, man, yeah, exactly. The magicians, the little people, and the Japanese all have something to complain about here. Um, so, okay. By so, the way, that's the
1: name my cover band: the Magicians, the Little People, and the Japanese. <laughs> <laughs> We're
2: that's
1: the why battle I of the bands this Friday at eight o'clock. <laughs> Check us out. <laughs>
2: So now we also meet uh, London, who is the older brother. Who is I don't know, I'm, I'm somewhere between fifteen and twenty seven in this movie, and uh, he's supposed to be going into the army to kill him some Japs. Right, their their, their words, not mine. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the army rejects him because you know how in World War Two towards the end they were really selective. Yeah. about which people they would let go into <laughs> they the were army. Just
1: like, uh, uh, uh. listen, Michael Rapaport at the fine age of seventy-five can come up. <laughs> not you. You've got flat feet, my friend. Yes. <laughs> also, I want to point out while they're learning about the war, there's a super racist cartoon.
2: Unbelievably, yeah.
1: Where it's like, oh, me evil Japanese man, and then a bald eagle like rings him like a gong, and he's like, not on my watch, Nippo. And the movie never goes like. That wasn't great. the movie's just like,
2: (laughs) adorable. It does. And it does that several times and never comes back and says, hey, guys, you know that these aren't good words, right, kids who are watching the movie? Oh, no. At no
1: point. There's... A myriad of characters are going to use the term "Jap" and "Nip" and hate speech, and at no point does the movie even wink at the fact that, like, that was a bad thing. It's like, oh, you shouldn't be no, mean to this all. Japanese guy. Well, <laughs> <But> like <laughs> right. Japanese people in general, I get it. You know, pearl Harbor, sneaky little bastards.
2: You can't fucking drive. You got what's
1: coming to them. <laughs> so then we we learned that because Bucky's not going to war, there's some kind of swapsies situation like every family has to send one it's like the fucking hunger games it's like <laughs> oh, bucky couldn't go so dad volunteers his tribute
2: uh, yes exactly uh-huh.
1: <laughs> so everyone there we go to them having a quiet old timey dinner and then they're all very very sad
2: yeah, yeah, the kids Dad's crying and how,
3: does, how does that work, by the way? If the kids got flat, like, if dad was nearsighted, does that mean
2: that the eight-year-old kid goes to war? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like,
1: the and the eight-year-old kid is short, so mom
2: would have had to gone to jail. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But, They'd have had to pop one more out or something. Right, yeah. exactly. um, so then we cut to the, uh, the same goodbye to the family getting on the bus scene where, like, dad says to London, as much as you should blame yourself for this, for me having to go to war and stuff, it's not exactly entirely your fault. Right, and this scene—the like, champ,
1: daddy always loves you. We're the best of buddies. I realize that part of this movie, like part of the purpose of this movie, is to emotionally manipulate the children of soldiers. This is for soldiers' wives to show to their kids who never get to see their parents. It's like, look, you and your dad were the best of friends, and now he's gone twenty months out of the year. See, see, this movie—it's just like that. You guys were. Dressed like pirates together, yeah. No, you were an infant. Oh, it's right. It was fun. Trust yeah. me, it was fun.
3: <laughs> Sad moment, yeah, leaving for war. But honestly, it, it seems like a. Like a nuclear holocaust would, would save some American lives at this point. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Yeah.
2: I mean, listen, I was, the,
3: there's a solution.
2: See, now that's what you were thinking. I was thinking they had the best hats back then. <laughs> <laughs> so now we meet Kevin James. Okay, so we, we cut to – Kevin James is the local doctor. Apparently nobody from his family has to go to war. Right. Um, and we're measuring the kid in case you didn't get the whole he's short thing. And this is a part where, like, somebody finally says, oh, well, that midget, that's a bad word. That's a mean word for people who have dwarfism. And I want to point out that, like, (laughs) well, right. And they're applying today's standards to 1944 because in 1944 that wasn't being recognized as a bad word. But the other thing is that the midget, the word refers to small people who don't have dwarfism. Right. Right. Yeah. So, and no one in the fucking 40s was going to be politically correct <laughs> no, about <right>. it. Exactly. <laughs> so, there
1: were no bad words in the 1940s except you weren't allowed to say fuck in front of a lady. Nobody was like, hey man, don't say that. That hurts someone's feelings. That wasn't a thing. And no. Nobody did that until like 10 years ago. <laughs> and already we're like, God, it's out of control. <laughs> it's too much. But th- in the 40s, no one would have been like, well, that thing makes people feel bad. They would have been like, yeah, say it again. Yeah, right, right, exactly. Toughen him up,
2: Toughen him up. Yeah. Um. So we also learned here that Kevin James, uh, the doctor Kevin James, is the fat bully's father. Yes. Right. And like we haven't really touched on just how ugly this fucking kid is. This for the the potato that Kevin James's <laughs> wife birthed or whatever. Yeah. But like, I, I feel bad for this kid because like this is. Right now is the only moment he'll ever be employable, because they're like, we need the ugliest fucking fat bastard we can find. There's very few situations where people say that.
1: Yeah, unless they make a biopic <laughs> about the ravages of the measles, this kid's out of work. Aside <laughs> of <a little> boy. <laughs> He is not a good looking kid And I want to point out When Kevin James is in this movie So Kevin James appears in this movie Right after the sad World War II scene And this movie is full of emotional manipulation So I was sitting there and I was like Oh, World War II, he's going to miss his dad I was feeling, I was actually feeling sad And then Kevin James's face pops into screen And there's nothing that snaps you out of the reality of this movie Like a look at the
2: fucking zookeeper, man
1: I was, <laughs> instantly, instantly I was just like Oh right, fuck this movie Fuck this movie, that's yeah. Kevin of James.
2: fucking they dressed him like Sniley whiplash <laughs> yeah, and... exactly
1: so he's got a terrifying son and then he he says am i a midget he goes now come on now check your ableism or whatever he fucking says <laughs> and then he and then he leans down and he goes instead we're just gonna call you a little boy. And he says little boy in a way that's so t- – it's going to haunt my nightmares. I'm just going to be staying up tonight with all the lights on being like, no, it's pretty- you promised Kevin James wasn't going to come out of the bed and say little boy, right? You promised. <laughs> Check the closet for Kevin James's again.
3: <laughs> and into the scene, by the way, the the, the little boy is – he's weirdly – aggressive with kevin james the doctor i mean granted the dude's clearly fucking the kid's mom but you know he doesn't he doesn't know that yet he's yet but and he's yell, he's yelling at the guy he's like am i a fucking dwarf or not i don't have time to fuck around i got important eight-year-old stuff to do i got a fucking it with rocks <laughs>
2: <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and now th- but that is the point of this scene though that is what we're supposed to learn is that kevin james wants to make sure that mom knows his dick is available yeah. Now, keep in mind, this is immediately after the scene where we see Dad getting on the bus. So we're supposed to believe Dad got on the bus. They went from there to the doctors, and the doctor's like, hey, if your uh, husband dies, got some man meat for you right uh, here. Just
1: so you know, I can let the animals out of the zoo, if you will. <laughs> I was in Zookeeper. Yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and then we get more developmentally disabled fat people.
1: Yes, because again, nothing proves how aware this movie was of the time that we immediately cut from. Now, midget's not a nice word to a retarded person named Teacup <laughs> who lives in their garage. Yes, and gets what? yelled at by the older brother. The first scene is him being like, "Teacup, get up!" and Teacup's like, B no hot water." <laughs> And by the way, we have not seen a single scene where this brother has not been mad. And if you're thinking, hey, are we going to get any scenes where this character Mm -hmm. London has any emotions except for anger? No.
2: One The answer one. is no The very end we see one scene where he actually is like not angry And he is even He's even angry about being happy at the end Yeah Right um, So yeah we learn that brothers and angry fuck up And um, and then the little brother is trying to get some money from him He doesn't want to give him money Gives him the puppy face Gives him some money So that he can go to town And buy the boots that his dad was eye fucking when we were at the diner earlier Yeah These boots will be important They'll come back over and over again in the film mm uh, and then he
1: also buys two tickets to go see Ben Eagle live. Ben Eagle's the magician.
2: Yeah, right, right. And he buys the two because he's got to buy one for dad because we can already see that his psyche is breaking down and like he's imagining his dad's with him or something. I don't
1: exactly. know. Who knows why he bought two? Maybe he was just assuming his dad would be back two days after he went to war. <laughs> um, But we cut to the army... The army guy getting out of the car to give mom bad news. And here's the thing. This is the sign of the poor writing of this movie. Good movies have the army guy gets out of the car with bad news or news moment Mm -hmm. once a movie. (laughs) This happens 875 times. At a certain point, you'd think that military guy would just start, hey, can I stay over? Because I've been coming here. I've been here six times in three days. And the truth of the matter is... I'm using a shit ton of money on gas. Maybe I could just <laughs> hang out and we could call or something. Cause it, this is the first time he gets out of the car, but he's going to get out of the car 875 mm, more yeah. times. Every time this guy farted in World War II, they sent this colonel to the house to be like, yeah, it, it was a silent but deadly. We just, we just wanted to let you know. Here's a folded flag. Bye. <laughs> but we learned that he's a POW.
2: Yeah, exactly. And we get this. Now, for a second here, it seems like this movie is maybe going to take an interesting turn because we start to get this flashback to dad at war. And I thought maybe we were going to tell some of dad's story. But really, the only purpose this serves is so that we can intersperse those scenes with a scene of the little kid getting attacked by the bullies in town.
1: So yeah, the uh, the baby freckled version of Richard Dawkins is like, come on, guys, we're not allowed to say that to hurt his feelings, but we are allowed to throw him in a dumpster and cover him in water.
2: <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. So, but, but here's the thing, though. This is what's so weird about this scene, because they're interspersing the kid getting beat up by the bullies with Dad getting, like, captured by... Uh, enemy soldiers and shit and i'm thinking like are you just trying to remind us that this bullying shit isn't really that bad are you trying to keep it in perspective it seems like an odd message to send in the middle of this right yeah exactly listen this bullying might be
1: bad but dad's about to get his fingernails pulled out so (laughs) strap
2: the fuck in so they throw him in the dumpster and then we get him i guess eventually he made it out of the dumpster and found his way home so now we get this very bizarre moment where he walks in the house soaking wet and covered in garbage and clinging a pair of boots and no one says why are you uh no at soaking all. wet and covered <laughs> in garbage and clinging a pair of boots that doesn't even come up
1: yeah at all they're no. just like hey your dad's in war jail
2: yeah exactly <laughs> exactly at which point we get
1: this fantastic moment where london goes damn my flat feet they killed my dad <laughs> he's drinking from a bottle Like he's just <laughs> doing the classic Like I'm a troubled
2: teen Yeah Right They might as well have just Tattooed that on his Fucking right, forehead Exactly So You know So the kid's super sad Because dad's Maybe not coming home Whatever Whatever So mom talks uh, London into taking him To the magic show That he wanted to go to that Right he The two skeleton and for. witness
1: Protection is like Go to the magician <laughs> With your little brother
2: And I guess there. London Can not be a dick At least long enough To get him there mm-hmm. Um and so we get there, and now, okay, so I guess Ben Eagle is like a serial that they watch, and then there's a live show that goes with it or whatever. And honestly, as bad as it was, the Ben Eagle serial was better than the movie? Yeah. So yeah. I just kind of wanted to keep watching that. That's <laughs> <Yes>. a little, <laughs> little film within a film thing. There, Although,
1: but. we we again... In this movie, we can't get away with, you know, five minutes without vicious racism that never gets addressed. <laughs> ben Eagle has a Native American sidekick that is more offensive than Tonto from, oh, yes, <laughs> uh, from the, uh, what's his name? Lone Ranger. Lone Ranger. From, yeah, from exactly. Lone Ranger.
2: Well, and also, okay, so this is minor nitpick here, but I'm a big fan of the old serials. And at the end of this serial, he saves the girl and everyone, and he, and he wins. That's not how cereals work. Yeah, no, they right. they it was that's always a cliffhanger. That's <laughs> why Yeah, that's the point. It was that's what made them cereals. Together. Yeah, exactly. If they exactly. ended
1: it next week, you'd just be like, Hey, what's going on? Oh, we thought we would get lunch. You know, just like yeah, a nice right. lunch. <laughs> Do you want to come you with know, us?
2: Rocket Man was just fine at the end doing his taxes and shit. I figured yeah. uh We didn't have to worry about it anymore. So then – and then this moves into the live show, and this is the part obviously where magicians were just set back a 100 fucking years. Yes,
1: exactly. This is hard. This was hard to watch, and (laughs) I personally have moved forward with it. I (laughs) have processed this moment. But basically he brings the kid up on stage, and he's like, do you believe you can move the bottle? He tells the kid that he's going to move the bottle, and look. Mm -hmm. I, listen, we've all been through some hard times. You know, one or more of us may have been in a skinhead gang at a certain point. One or more of (laughs) us may have juggled on the street for money. Doesn't matter who's who here, all right, in this situation. (laughs) And one or more of us may have done some children's party magic, okay? Now, I don't want to name names, but listen, you bring up a kid, you do magic trick with them. But never in any kid's party that I ever did Or have even heard of, does the magician give the kid a pep talk about how he's got real magic powers for the (laughs) shitty trick he's about to do? (laughs) If I ever got down on one knee and, like, locked eyes with a kid and I was like, hey... Do you believe in your heart that you can make this scarf turn from red to blue? They would have been like, I need an adult. And I would have been like, you're right. You do need an adult. This is fucking crazy.
2: (laughs) Just wanted to make sure you had that answer at the ready. Well done. (laughs) Well, And and it's just the lamest goddamn trick in the fucking universe, too. This bottle moves across the table with a fucking tablecloth on it. But boy, do they build up to it! But before we get that, because this is another one of those stupid Christian movies that can't just sit on a scene until it's done, we also have to cut back and forth between this and the bar where London is apparently a regular now. Right. Um. So he's he he snuck off and went drinking while his brother was uh at the magic show.
1: Right. And this is where we meet Buffalo Bill. Right.
2: Oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly.
1: Uh, Ted Levine. <laughs> exactly. So yeah, we meet Buffalo Bill. He doesn't get a real name aside from Buffalo Bill. You don't. You don't. Get to be Buffalo Bill, and then either get to be a different person aside from that. Except he's on Monk too, which is fantastic.
2: Eventually, he was Sam. At the very end of the movie, we we learned his name. It was Ooh. Sam. I was paying attention. This guy right here was paying attention. <laughs> there you go. All right. All right. Actually, I didn't even realize he was Buffalo Bill until then. So. You didn't recognize Buffalo Bill I every didn't. time Somehow I watched. How I missed that. I yeah. Every, every time I watched said, an episode of Monk, my me, entire life, I'd
1: be like, "You fuck me." I kept expecting him to put Monk in a hole. Anyways, it's fine. (laughs) So he's there and he's sad because his son died in Pearl Harbor. Mm -hmm. And apparently this is where we learn there's a Japanese guy in town and London and Buffalo Bill are not happy that there's a Japanese guy in town. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So then the kid is standing there and the magician's like, do you believe you can move the bottle? And the kid's like, I do. And then he stands there with his hands out and goes Aah! at the bottle. And at any magician worth his salt would have been like, hey, kid, don't shit yourself. It's just I'm going to push this toe switch and the magnet's going to move the bottle. You can, you can chill right the fuck down. We're all having a good time here. Um But he does. He screams. And uses his carry powers. And by the way, this movie now started to set up something fantastic. This movie had great potential, which was to be a movie about a little kid with telekinetic powers. That's where I thought this was going is this kid was just going to move the bottle, but it's just a trick. Like the movie presents that everything's a coincidence, but Mm -hmm. I really wanted this movie to just be – This kid has telekinetic powers and slowly trains himself to use them.
2: You know, this movie could have ended his chronicle. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And so now we get sort of an interesting thing that this movie slightly addresses almost by accident, which is where this kid is conflating the comic book fiction and the movie fiction and the magician fiction with the church fiction. Right. Because we cut to the church. Right, where fucking Al Pacino from Scarface is standing up there preaching. I wrote in my notes what
1: accent does the priest
2: have?
1: <laughs> That's all I can think of the whole time.
2: <laughs> We're going to go to Jesus and take the Eucharist. So uh so he um Yeah, and just happens to be preaching about David and Goliath, too. Oh uh, what, yeah. what a what a quinky dink there right go. there. And also, and this again is going to be pivotal to the movie. He's talking about I don't know why Christians focus on the mustard seed thing. You know, they could just like <laughs> brush that under the rug, like the uh, slavery justifications, if they wanted to. But he's talking about how if you have a mustard seeds worth of faith, you can move a mountain. Now, I'd just like to point out, it's been two thousand years; they haven't moved any mountains. Yeah. So if that's the standard they're setting, can we just – are are we done? All all
3: of Christianity has less faith than a mustard seed, right? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs)
2: Apparently. And and,
3: and also, side note, the main character's name is Pepper. He's named after a seed that's sometimes (laughs) smaller than a mustard seed. I'm not –
1: Oh, Weird and choice. not to spoil this, but this is actually the first time I had ever seen a mustard seed. Mustard seeds are fucking huge. It's yes. impossible to believe that someone <laughs> ever thought that was the smallest thing in the world. That's crazy to me. They're giant. They're like huge. Huge. I expected like a teeny tiny little – like a fennel seed. I'd be like, all right, Mm -hmm. I get how Jesus is walking around in the desert. He sees a fennel seed. goes, wow, that's the smallest thing in the world. (laughs) This thing's the size of a fucking marble, and he's like, yep, that's it. That's as little (laughs) as it gets.
2: Also, by the way, was I the only one that noticed that the heart-playing nun was smoking fucking hot? Super hot.
1: This nun comes out a couple of times in this movie, and again, I don't understand why they went with the mom is super hot when they had this smoking hot nun. Throughout the film, who would just wander on, and I would just
2: be like, going. (laughs) She was was the Doritos girl. Um, Yeah, so the kid apparently gets the impression from this sermon that mustard seeds are Christian spinach. Right. Or something, and he can eat a mustard seed, and he'll have superpowers.
1: Right. So he goes to the store, and he gets a mustard seed.
2: Well, and I, I just want to point out, I love the way this movie, like... It wants us to go, oh, that silly kid interpreted the mustard seed parable wrong. What he actually <laughs> meant was that birds can live on mustard trees. <laughs> you know, that's a silly Stupid. way. To, yeah. But while we're in that uh, uh, mindset, we meet Mr. Miyagi's accountant. Right. Who he literally runs into. And he uh, is
1: announced. The Asian character in this movie is announced with a gong. Yes. A gong. He looks up at him and it goes...
4: Yeah, exactly.
1: So if you're thinking, hey, what a sensitive movie. They've been really great about the M word. Nope. Nope. (laughs) We're going to spend the rest of this movie just throwing out every Asian swear word we can think of and never looking Uh back.
3: (laughs) This is what happens when Japanese people get released from internment camps. You get old Hawaiian men in your stores. Yeah, Yeah,
2: I guess. So yeah, right. So in the, the and just to like reinforce the racism here, the next scene we get is is little boy running into the um to the bar and yelling, quote, London, there's a Jap at Gilliams, and everyone, by the way, at the bar is like a Jap at Gilliams,
1: a Jap. You think <laughs> they're going to start a musical number? A Jap at Gilliams <laughs> never fair. <laughs> <laughs> <there>. <laughs> no, no, unfortunately, no one bursts into song. And then we cut to a, a, like a film reel. Again, another yeah. film reel where it's like, remember our adorable ghettoization of the Japanese? <laughs> Don't worry about it. We let them go now. But yeah, do or we some trust of them. them. And there's, by the way, if there's a, there's never a moment where anyone in this film goes, that was the wrong thing to do. We mm-hmm. shouldn't have put all the Japanese into internment. Or defense. even
2: nod towards that. Right. Even
1: the Japanese character goes, it's okay. I feel like I kind of deserved it, you know? Like, <laughs> It was really my fault.
2: <laughs> Shouldn't have been so Japanese. Shouldn't have been so Japanese. <laughs> so the brother uh, shows up at Gilliam's while he's shopping for some good old fashioned hate uh, But um, but Father Tom Wilkinson shows up and stops him and 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 right. you know defuses the and situation. I want to
1: point out, this movie takes a hell of a turn at this point yes up until it does now, <laughs> this movie is really like burr, 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 burr. i like i believe in the man the magician and old timey and soda and stuff and then it's just like hate crimes yeah rest, right large, from that point on, a large on, yeah. percentage of the rest of this movie which up until now has been a shitty postcard that your grandmother sews onto a pillow <laughs> is now about hate crimes yes Because the little boy, the cutesy boots character, is about to say, if I could, I'd Mm -hmm. smash every Jap with my bare hands.
2: (laughs) Yes. Yeah, so we cut to them sitting around the bar. It's uh, Buffalo Bill, London, and little boy talking about how much they hate the Japs. Right. And so they decide to go to the guy's house – and murder him. Right, and murder him.
3: <laughs> Come on little bro, let's uh let's go kill a Japanese man together. Right. You need to learn about this.
1: <laughs> do you believe you can? Right. I believe I can do it. <laughs> <laughs> he so he's throwing rocks at the house and again, just this movie keeps heightening on the vicious hatred it's going to display at any one time. The brother, while he's throwing rocks at the house, prepares a Molotov cocktail.
2: Yes, <laughs> to burn this man alive. <laughs> yes. But
1: his flat feet make him trip. And again, this murder attempt is like a
2: wah, 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 it was wah. hate crime plus slapstick <laughs> who puts slapstick and hate crime together in a
3: film look at this guy with his flat ass feet can't even murder one old Jap in a house <laughs> with a Molotov cocktail
1: I remember London tried to murder a lot of people that summer and they never quite managed it So <laughs> <It's laughs> less
3: coordinated than Jason Pierre Paul he's right. oh, a lot of nice. trouble with this explosive thing <laughs> oh
1: shit is that one of the terrorists from the Paris attacks?
3: Yes, that he certainly was. He
2: was the one that blew his own hand up in the Paris attacks. Um, so London goes directly to jail, does not collect uh, $200. But for his part in the attempted murder, uh, Little Boy is sentenced to say... Some prayers Five L.
1: Marys and five L. Fathers. But in Latin. In Latin. So they make <laughs> <laughs> it It's a seriously. smoking hot And London nut. has to go to Mayberry <laughs> Prison for approximately a week? Something like that, Attempted yeah. Attempted murder in the 40s got you a week in Mayberry Prison?
2: Well, he knows
3: people. So. Yeah, exactly. Fucking Hitler could confess to this priest. He'd make him write on the chalkboard a hundred times. I will not genocide the Jews. I will in not. In
1: Latin. In Latin. In Latin. Oh, man. man. Not In Latin. Never mind. I'll shoot myself in the head in a bunker instead. Will the nun
3: spank me if I screw up. Go home, Jews. I got the shit, the declension. So,
2: so after little boy finishes the prayers, uh, he goes into the priest's office to get some clarity on this mustard seed shit. Now we've got two priests here. We've got Tom Wilkinson and Al Pacino from right. Scarface, and both of them like this movie tries right. this a couple of times, but both of them cannot explain how their fiction is different from other fiction? Because he's like, is Jesus power like Ben Eagle in this comic book? And the guy's like, no, that's just words in the book about something that never... Shit, fuck. Okay, ask me again. No, I'll, start no, no, I'll start over. No, i start over. You ask it me back, again. I take it back.
1: This is... The magician in your book is real. Fuck. No, no. Not another one. <laughs> no, okay. Um Your magician is demonstrable and our magic... Okay. Now, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to leave. And he does... <laughs> And then Tom, basically Tom Wilkinson is like, hey, man, you need to fucking get out of here. You, you're doing a bad
2: job. And was he going for up three nights on a fucking bender? God, he seems so like every scene. He seems so yeah, drunk. I think his stage direction was recently beaten
1: to death. <laughs> <laughs> and he immediately pulls a bottle. He's like, I moved the bottle. He pulls a bottle out from his desk. And I'm like, yeah, Preacher's got a bottle. Pulls a bottle out from his desk, puts it on the table, tells the kid to move it. The kid can't move it.
2: But now the kid stands there like he's shitting himself trying. Every time this kid
1: tries to move
2: something, he's like, "Eh, it's a turtle head.
1: It's a turtle head. The (laughs) gopher will leave the hole. (laughs) Um, And again, this is where this movie had the opportunity to be a super cool X-Men reboot. All we needed him to do was start <laughs> flying shit around the office. Then the preacher's hair falls out, and he's like, "I'm going to start a school for gifted teenagers." Anyways, didn't happen. Well, and
2: I so thought that's where we were going because Tom Wilkinson, when he tries and he doesn't get it, he goes, "Try again, again." And he's like, he's like the like fucking pie may <laughs> exactly. of Christian telekinesis. I thought this is going to yeah, be awesome. Extract the mustard
1: seed from my hand, then you will be ready. <laughs> right. <laughs>
2: But no, uh, Tom Wilkinson moves the bottle for him and then explains that magic works by not.
1: Right. He's working. like, that's how faith works. And the little boy's like, what? And he goes, I don't know. It was in the script. <laughs> Shouldn't have bet on Seattle to win two years in
2: a row. Stupid, Tom. Well, Stupid. <laughs> so, but, but, okay. So here's the thing, though. And, and again, this is so central to the movie. The kid obviously thinks. That the priest is telling them he can get magic powers by believing Very in clearly. Jesus enough. The,
3: the kid, and he was making some great points too. He was like, um, "Ben Eagle is like Jesus, but better." Ben Eagle exists. You guys understand what
1: I'm saying? <laughs> I met like he's, Ben Eagle. I was he there. Shook my hand. <laughs>
2: <Right>. <laughs> you guys should dress up like Jesus and pretend at least like they do as yeah. Santa. Yeah. So, but but like, instead of telling him, "No, you can't get magic powers. That's not how it works." He says, Oh no, Jesus wrote this list. If you do all this stuff, he you get magic jobs. Jesus
1: wrote this list. He goes, I talked about this at no. the beginning. He goes to his desk, he pulls out the Bible, and I'm like, Alright, here we go. He's gonna point to the part of the Bible where someone was like, Yeah, hey, you can do it. Believe in your heart. Uh mm-hmm. but instead he opens it up and he's just got like this fucking grocery list written on very nice paper. He's got this little calligraphy thing, <laughs> and he's like, This is the most ancient list. And that's how yeah. he ever described Is that from the Bible? I didn't It recognize doesn't make it. any sense with the Bible. None of the things – It wasn't the no, Ten Commandments. No, not at right. all. It's way better than the Ten Commandments. So the things on the list are feed the hungry, shelter the homeless, mm-hmm. visit those in prison, weird, clothe the naked, visit the sick, and bury the dead. So already right. those are kindnesses that are almost I, – I went down and I was like, okay, well, there's excuses to not do all of these things in the Bible. All you need to do is read Joel and you're like, I
2: don't have to do any of this shit. Fuck you, preacher man. Give me magic powers. Well, Jesus specifically told one of his followers not to bury his dad, so yeah, I don't know where the fuck he's getting this shit. I love
3: that they had to add a page to the Bible to find five good things in a row
1: (laughs) to be the the list for him. I want to watch that intern's day, the intern who's just going through the Bible, and they're like, hey, Brian, did you (laughs) come up with anything yet that the preacher can tell the little boy? No, I didn't. Do you know who was the father to Gozus, who was the father to (laughs) Nezus? No, I don't. Well, I fucking (laughs) do. Get the fuck out.
2: Man, that's our seventh
1: intern today.
2: <laughs> yeah, right. We should just make a little extra biblical list or something. <laughs> These are the seven commandments God meant to put in there, too. Um But also, but he adds one because he's already got his list prepared. But he adds also befriend a right. Jap, you know, so he tells the kid <laughs> if he wants his magic powers, he has to do to clothe the naked and feed the hungry and all this. But also make friends with the <laughs> Japanese person that he tried right. to kill. Uh, b- yeah. a couple scenes ago.
3: Also, wax on, wax off. Yeah. What? <laughs> Paint the fence. Sand the floor. Karate kid. Doesn't matter. You have to be friends with the jack. You gotta crane kick the jack. your father's gonna get tortured to death in a POW yeah. game. Your call.
2: Your call. But, but also now, and, and I think this is, again, key to the whole fucking movie, because the kid says, okay, well, then I'll finish this list and make friends with him so that I'll have magic powers enough to bring my dad back. And the and the priest is like, oh. Ooh.
1: You want to ooh. do real stuff? She, you, I thought you were just like shit. a kid who wanted to move a bottle. Uh... Wait, I got to right, add something right. to the list. Uh, move a mountain that you can't move. <laughs> Great. There you go. You're good. Uh,
2: yeah, not, we're, we're good to, to go. Church,
1: up to church every day.
2: Okay, but so the God, <laughs> so The fucking guy says, like, you know, uh, 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 like, oh, well, you know, God will only bring your dad back if that's in his will. And he's like, why wouldn't God want to bring my dad back? Now, look, if your theology can be accidentally invalidated by a semi-inquisitive eight-year-old in your own fucking movie... That should tell you something, because there's no answer here. Tom Wilkinson just goes, well, "I, you know, because sometimes no, God likes he doesn't
1: to do kill people." And that's fantastic. This is yeah. the best answer to why wouldn't God want to help? Blah blah blah. In the in any Christian movie you watch, for the first time, they don't turn to him and go, "Well, I don't know, isn't it? Aren't you a murderer? Because once you thought about fucking a lady." Yeah, Tom Wilkinson <laughs> looks at him through his half bleary, drunk coke haze, and he goes, "I don't fucking know." And the kid's like, "Great, thanks, oh, fuck you." <laughs> <laughs> it was refreshing. I was like, "Good for you, Tom Wilkinson." The nun gets up from under his desk. Am I done now? Yeah, yeah, kid's gone. You can go. (laughs) Yeah.
2: And then we get a series of uh, scenes where Little Boy is trying to make friends with the Jap. And wouldn't you know it? The guy he tried to murder in the middle of the night with fire doesn't really want to forgive him right away. He's
1: kind of cranky about the whole trying to get (laughs) murdered thing.
2: (laughs) Here's how
3: the main character, the Little Boy, apologizes for attempted murder. Ready? He says... Sorry about the other day. Sorry about the other day when I tried to murder you with my brother. Like he's apologizing to his girlfriend because he came to Yeah, her. I was about to say that
1: the, the main character of this movie is less apologetic about trying to murder someone than I am about premature ejaculation. <laughs> <laughs> what are you going to do, right? What are you going to do? Yeah, yeah, Sometimes you try to what murder happens. someone. I'm still going to call you a Jap. <laughs>
2: And the kid, like, he brings him a soda, and the guy doesn't want the soda, so he throws it in the trash. And then he's, like, peeking in his fucking windows and shit. And, like, at at a certain point, the Japanese guy just looks out and he goes, Can we just go back to you wanting to kill me? Right. This would be like so, like occasionally having my house set on fire in the middle of the night. I, I can, I can handle.
1: Right, and he's going to see Tom Wilkinson. He's like, I don't know how to get through to him. I brought him a soda and everything, and Tom Wilkinson's like, hang out with him, get to know him, find out where he's the most ticklish. I don't know. Come on, <laughs> it's the forties. We don't, we don't really take care of kids at this point. <laughs> if you get fucked, you get fucked.
2: So he goes back to to make friends, and I'm, I'm thinking at this point, I'm like, if this motherfucker doesn't teach this kid karate, then fuck this. <laughs> movie oh, there's
1: two points in this movie <laughs> where i was like he's gonna teach him karate he does not so he can beat up the fat kid <laughs> he does not no, i wrote that no uh
3: marker. this <laughs> this is the origin story of johnny lawrence the bad kid from karate kid I, <laughs> right. I, 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 that's where they're going i like
2: you him. mean the hero uh, of karate kid yeah if you think about it right yeah exactly all right so uh, the lesson that we learn uh from this scene by the way uh for for all you christian children watching little boy when a stranger offers you a trip in a car, take it. It could be fun. Maybe he'll buy you ice cream. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and he has this moment where he goes,
1: my family knows where I am. So we're like, we're supposed to be meta aware that the kid's aware of like, you could murder and rape me. But he's like, just so you know, I'm going to mm-hmm. put up a struggle. This isn't going to be fun.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> so the, the old Japanese guy takes
2: him on a date. Yeah,
1: they go to on a date. soda shop. Uh, they go to the soda shop where the Japanese guy tries to order a soda, but the soda jerk guy goes, I ain't talking to you, nip, mm-hmm. which is lovely. Yeah. And then he, the little boy orders vanilla, which the Japanese man pays for and then eats.
2: Yeah, he takes it from the kid as they're coming out. And, right. Uh, I kind of like that. I like that Japanese guy on there. Hashimoto, he was
3: he was a great character. I just wanted to see like a deleted scene, a montage Little white kid, like, hailing him cabs and applying for credit cards, <laughs> renting apartments with him and stuff.
1: I need to buy this Big Booty Bitches 13 complete with 100-hour DVD. Yeah, yeah, buy that one. Buy that one
2: right there. So – and and we really learn what a great character Hashimoto is in the next scene because we, we see a scene where he's playing cards with, uh, with the um, preacher guy and he's telling him, like, he's telling the priest, he's like, dude – You should not tell this kid that he can get magic fucking powers by being (laughs) friends with me. Right. And he he says also, he's like, well, let's hope your little game doesn't mess with this boy's mind. Right. And I'm like,
1: oh, by definition, it is already messed with his mind. Yes.
2: Yes. I'm like, Hashimoto's my hero. I love this guy. And throughout the movie, I, I like that character. Um, now we get to—oh, and then the priest has to leave for no reason whatsoever whatever the fuck. He's, He's like, i got to
1: go to rehab. Look at my face. <laughs> yeah, right. I look like Droopy Dog <laughs> went on a bender. See ya.
2: <laughs> so, so the kid's like, oh, but who will help me with, his, with my list? And blah, blah, blah. The priest has to leave. So he goes to visit his brother who's still in jail for trying to kill the Japanese guy. And London is pissed because that's all he— The only emotion that he expresses in this entire movie. But this time he's pissed because his little brother is making friends with that Jap.
1: Right. And I I want to take a moment to say London does a terrible job in this movie. Oh, he is yeah. by far the worst performance. He is like a rejected member of a community theater production of the outsiders. <laughs> that is he's just like his hair's greased back and he just keeps and it's just stay golden, pony boy. Alright, fine here. You're, you're gonna play one in this shitty movie. Can you yell at a retard? Sure can. I was doing it at it outside. All right, well we <laughs> make it happen. <laughs> Ask me for spare change. <laughs> but yeah, he goes he goes full crazy on his little brother. His little brother's like, "I've been hanging out with that guy you tried to murder." And He's like, "If I find out you've been hanging out with him, I will turn you inside out and eat what leaks out of you." And the kid's like, "All right, see ya." Bye.
2: <laughs> and of course, the bullies come across him again, but this time Hashimoto just happens to be driving by and rescues him.
1: I thought uh Hashimoto was going to fight those children for him because he sees the kid chasing him. And I was like, I so badly want Hashimoto to just get out and just a slow motion montage of him kicking the shit out of that frankly kid. (laughs) Simply the best.
2: (laughs) The movie could have ended right there. But no, instead we just get the kids yelling Jap lover at him as they're driving away. Fun fact,
1: Jap lover, my Tinder handle. So, uh, you know. (laughs) dot uh, JapLover.com
3: actually pops up when I type the letter J.
2: Yeah. <laughs> so um, then we get, okay, so just throw away, scene, but I have to mention it because we get the kid coming home and he can hear mom making funny noises in the bedroom. So he goes in to check on her and she was just, just crying. Right. I was so she's,
1: hoping it was going to be mom <laughs> pushing the button, but no, right? she's, just, she's just smelling dad's pants or something.
2: <laughs> yeah. Well, she may, it, it could, could, could still so be So he leaves Jack
1: Skellington in drag to do her weeping <laughs> for her. <laughs> POW husband, <laughs> and goes to visit the Jap again. Who is again because this movie is in fact racist? Shaving a fish with a weird knife? <laughs> yes, it, might as well be John Belushi doing Samurai
3: Chef at this point. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Ridiculous.
2: Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> so, so he um, he asks the Japanese guy to help him with his list, and then he gives him the sad puppy dog face. So he he, he decides to. And he's like, "Okay, come on in my house." Again, my house.
1: It was decorated at Pier One Imports. Apparently, it would yes. would not be less <laughs> authentically Japanese. It's they. This is like if someone gave me a twenty dollar gift card and was like, "Hey, go buy Japanese stuff." I'd be like, "I don't know these. These look like swooshy letters. Are these Japanese?" And I got, <laughs> That's was Arabic one of those drawings.
2: Sir. That's where Arabic. There's a lady
1: in a dress, and she's got a fan. And then I got a, a mask.
2: <laughs> a mask. Guy Fox mask. That's <laughs> Japanese, isn't it? So. So then we set up this whole thing where the kid is gonna like, or the the Japanese guy is gonna help him go through the list. So they visit the sick. He takes him to the hospital. So, and this is kind of fucked up. He takes the kid whose dad is an MIA, or who is is, is MIA in World War Two, to visit um, burned and deformed soldiers. Right. Good call, guy. Choice. He's just
1: yeah. Getting him ready. He's getting him ready just in case. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. You right. should be prepared for this kind of weird shit. <laughs> This is what happens.
3: And this is where they get harassed by some American soldiers that are sitting there for yeah. being nice and going to visit an, another American soldier. <laughs> why don't you bring that burn victim some hot and sour soup, you nip lover? <laughs> and they're like, uh, we, we did. This is, this is hot and <laughs> sour soup
2: right here. It's delicious. That's why I was wow. shaving that fish earlier. Yeah. Um, so, uh, and, and then the next one on the list is, uh, help the homeless. But apparently in O'Hare, there are no real homeless people. So instead, the, the, Teacup, the Teacup. retarded guy they that lives at this the auto shop. Teacup. Yeah, they decide to let him sleep in London's room while London is in jail.
1: Right, and so, they give him his pajamas. So we yeah. get this great moment. <laughs> they, basically, they treat... Teacup in this movie the way I treat my pug is like look he's wearing clothes He thinks he's
2: people <laughs> so, I mean I even wrote in, the, in my notes here hey mom can I have a pet Retard um, That's exactly how they treated that fucking scene Are you gonna walk him are you gonna let him kill A lady if she gets too close and tries to Fuck him at the ranch <laughs> oh,
1: shit. You've gotta kill him if he ends up killing a lady
2: Okay don't wear okay. a soft fur hat You'll get strangled <laughs> And then now the next thing on the list was uh, Clothe the Naked. And they're walking through town looking through the list. Oh, Clothe the Naked. And I thought we were going to go to a scene where the two of them were just walking around looking for naked people. Right. <laughs> like, you know, sneaking into fucking locker rooms and going, hey, anybody here with your schlong out? Uh, but they not. you got to go to the
1: JCC. <laughs> You'll find plenty of old penises there. <laughs> but I'm not supposed to walk around all afternoon like this? No. No, sir. You're not. You're supposed to get changed, and then you're supposed to go home. <laughs> this is upsetting for all of us. I
2: love that immediately you knew exactly where to go for a lot of old penises hanging out. But Listen. um unfortunately, that's not what they do at all. They go knitting, yeah, which is not like, as good.
1: Sp- they call them the spider ladies because they knit and they like gossip, I guess.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Uh,
1: but the super hot pregnant one who's not just hot because she's pregnant, but it helps – um is is like all alone, and so he helps her knit a sweater for her
2: baby. Yeah, yeah. He right. learns to knit in the span of this scene. I'm
3: thinking to myself, what's he gonna do with that sweater? Fingers crossed, he goes to a porn shoot for little people. Does yeah, he? Exactly.
2: No, disappointing. disappointing. No, gives it to a pregnant lady. Damn it! Right, and he
1: checks off, and that's the last thing on the list. And I wrote in my notes, credits, credits, please, it's please, it's over. please. It's over.
2: <laughs> the rest of this is just a really long credit sequence. That would be awesome. I mean, well, there were still, uh, bury the dead on the list, but, uh, oh, that's yeah, that's forgot. as far as we're gonna get at the time. And while that's not enough to earn us a full pardon from this prison sentence of a movie, it does earn us a furlough. So we're gonna pause for a quick break, and when we come back, nothing will continue to happen for an absurdly <laughs> long time. If we learned anything from Little Boy, it's that hate crimes and vicious racism don't matter as long as you couch everything in some gee golly aw shucks Norman Rockwellisms so we'd like to take this opportunity to get some stuff off our chests that we'd like to say with no consequences whatsoever. Well, shine my boots and call me a cowpoke, but Chinese
3: people drive like a mole in molasses on the 4th
2: of July. Well, now, I don't know much, but as sure as a grasshopper can jump through the juniper, them Mexicans sure do love to drink. Uh, uh, black people smell different.
1: Jink- jinkies. Do
2: to- I, I, I think I think you did that wrong.
1: Cranberry sauce.
2: <laughs> and we're back. When we last saw our hero, he was checking off all the merit badges he needed to earn mountain-moving Jesus powers. But in the meantime, Kevin James has been zeroing in on Mom's under tended vagina.
1: Mm. And Kevin James is all about fucking Skeletor in a wig. Let me tell you, he's excited yeah.
2: for it. <laughs> it's like back when she was alive, it was even more exciting. But okay, <laughs> he's
1: he's visiting her, and he's he like comes in and he's there to talk about his height or something. I don't know, but he goes, boy, it it smells good in here, and I wanted him so badly to go. Is that is that your pussy?
2: But no, it was the casserole. And,
3: yeah. yeah, it was casserole. And and by the way, there's there's no such smell as casserole. <laughs> that's that's not a general term for a smell. That's like saying it smells like beverages in here. It smells, it smells like a hot glass rectangle in here. Is that what I what am I smelling? I'm sorry, are you is, making, is that aroma? It are you smells like
2: aroma in here? A dessert? Is that <laughs> right, a dessert right. I smell. Yeah. So now this is also kind of weird. Because then we cut to London in prison, and apparently Dr. Fox, that's Kevin James's character, got him out of prison. Yeah. Like, is he a gangster? I mean, how Not the about fuck? In jail. Look, Listen,
1: in the 1940s, it cost an entire hay penny if you tried to murder a Japanese <laughs> person, a black person, or a gay guy. So, you know, Dr. Fox came through. I guess so. It's like tithing. How you used to be able to pay for the Catholic Church to forgive you for murder. That's what they I did in the 40s <laughs> with crimes.
2: I think so, yeah. yeah. So basically, Kevin James invites himself to dinner, and they sit around. They're eating, and, and of course, his kid, the bully, is there as well. And he goes, boy, Freddie and I haven't eaten like this since. And I'm like, let me stop you right there, Tubby. Yeah, exactly. You and your fucking <laughs> fat cartoon villain of a child have eaten in every possible way. <laughs>
3: today you guys had a casserole in the car on the way over <laughs> <Right>. clearly
1: <laughs> the, fr- the second half of that line is since outside on your porch when we
2: walked yeah, in right.
1: <laughs> we split a boston market chicken
2: <laughs> um so like she goes up to do some dishes or whatever and uh, the the older brother says hey man thanks for getting me out of jail to which kevin james says i would do anything for your mother like Ass to mouth. Anything, you know, just, anything like, she told me to do. Anything. You'll cover this furniture me. and
1: surround wrap, and I will be her shit boy. Night and day. <laughs> Night and day. Look me in the eyes, London. Night and day. He's got his hand for holding his face. Night <laughs> and day. I would suck <laughs> diarrhea out of that woman's ass. <laughs> oh, the toilet wouldn't
2: get a drop. Look me in my goddamn eyes. London, London.
3: I will destroy that casserole.
2: <laughs> and I, I want so bad to get a hold of this script just to see if the, the little fat kid, the bully kid's stage directions were all like scowl fatly. That's, that's all he did in the entire fucking movie. So he has to be excused. In uh, little someone boy. else's house. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, exactly. That's
1: may weird. Man, I go wander through someone else's room. You may.
2: Okay. <laughs> But, so, of course, like, little boy feel, thinks there might be something up with that. So he goes, chases him down. Found f- Turns out that the bully has found his stupid magic list. Right. And he grabs his, he comes in, he's like, hey, that's my list. The dude chokes him. He grabs him and chokes him like fucking Darth Vader trying to save four meter or whatever right and he's like y- you, i'm gonna take this list and if you want it you you're gonna have to come get it and i'm thinking to myself the fact that i'm being choked is far more distressing keep the fucking list <laughs> Yeah, exactly.
1: it's all yours i remember what it says i remember what it says it's
0: good.
1: i just got I just one thing left bury on there bury the dead, the dead. Yeah. it yeah. might be me if you don't right. stop choking so <laughs> all yours tubbo take it on your trip to willy wonka
2: so then he goes back to the Japanese guy for the scene where he should have learned the goddamn crane technique. Yes.
1: Yes. Okay, we're all in agreement here. This was the scene where
2: he was supposed to learn karate, but he doesn't. Yeah. And we get so close because the goddamn guy even starts telling him samurai stories and shit. Yeah. He tells him that
1: this is the he tells him the story of Masao Kume, and I was so sure that this story was full of shit, but apparently it's kind of not. Well, it's it's full
2: of shit, but it's a real legend. Yeah, yeah, I
1: I thought it was just something they made up for the movie, but like the Mongols actually did invade Japan, and apparently there there is a legend of like this one Mongol leader coming and bringing his strongest soldier and saying he'll leave the village alone if anyone can defeat him, and he got defeated.
2: Yeah, right. Hmm. So it's like Japanese David and Goliath, nice. but it was way fucking way cooler because cooler it has fucking scorpion darts
1: <laughs> well, instead of right. a rock. Okay, so-
2: <laughs> they actually flash back into this, like, right in the middle of this movie, we get this fucking... He starts telling this story, and we get this flashback, and we actually get some samurais fighting some Mongols. Mongols, by the way, are apparently... Bears. ur sign, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> the the only noise Mongols
1: make in this movie is... Oh, la, la. <laughs> Played by Chewbacca, apparently. <laughs> right.
2: So, so we get to fight between this giant Mongol in a death, devil mask and this little short samurai guy. And they sword fight for a while and it's kind of cool. But then he sheaths his sword and I'm like, use the force, Kume. But that wasn't it. It was a poison dart. And I'm thinking, why didn't you lead? Yeah, you gotta start with, with the poison your poison darts. Dart. You gotta
1: start with your poison darts. Look, we don't try to preach a lot on this show on Gam, but <laughs> if there's anyone out there listening who has a fight with a Mongol coming up, please <laughs> lead with your poison darts.
3: You're sitting there, you got your poison darts in one hand, your sword in the other. Yeah, very obvious. And
2: like, I mean, but yeah, because he has to like sword fight this huge guy for a minute. I'm like, wouldn't you? It's be like anyway. Yeah, so didn't make much sense, but apparently now that um, uh, little boy knows bullshit samurai legends, he's not short anymore, right? Uh, so he goes after his list.
1: Right, because he's got the, he got the background, and he goes, the the thing that Kume had was the will to face his fear, and I wanted him to also say, "And scorpion poison. You might want uh, some That <laughs> helps. <You might laughs> that's need- a big deal.
2: Well, that's... I so wanted the kid to show up and kill the fat bully with scorpion darts at this <laughs> exactly. point. Because, like, up until this point, like, the movie had been him taking shit too literally. Like, right. when they said the mustard seed in the move of a mountain, he tried to use a mustard... So I wanted so bad for them to, like, cut, flash cut to a scene at the fucking police station where the Japanese guy's going, like, I did not think he would take I it. Did not, to I it. didn't even know you had scorpions here. I'm going to be
1: very clear. I did not know that America had scorpions. That's, I feel guilty. Not priest telling a little boy that he can bring his dad back guilty, but like, I feel like second place of the liars in his life right now. Also, just based on this story, I want to point out, the America slash Japan metaphor is pretty obvious in that yeah. story. And the movie never addresses it. The movie's never like it's about a big old power that comes and gets the shit kicked out of them by these <laughs> tiny people.
2: Well, except that we we won. We so cheated. it's it's like that same story, except for <laughs> the little guy, you know, missed with his dart, didn't lead with the dart or whatever. Well, and then we used nuked the him. dart.
1: And then we were like, oh, I'm about to be poisoned. And you know what? I don't want this fight to last super long. So I'm going to use a nuclear bomb. Yeah, in this right.
2: village. <laughs> that should do it. So so now we get him facing the bully. Uh, he comes up and he's like, hey, give me back my list. And Freddie rips up the list and throws it on the ground to which the kid says, you fat motherless pig. Now, that's a little dark. We found out at the dinner scene that that his mom was dead. That's a little dark. Yeah. Going after the kid's dead mom. That's a little shitty. It's the meanest thing
1: anyone except for the grown-up says in this movie.
2: Right? Well, right, right, exactly. Except for telling him that he can get the magic powers. Except maybe he says something maybe as bad later. Right. But yeah, super mean fucking thing to say. The kid deserves to get his ass kicked right now. Right. So the fat kid pushes him on the ground. And then as he comes down at him... <laughs> Little boy swings him and hits him full on in the fucking face with a metal lunchbox. Yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. And but it was actually pretty cool. Because at weird. that point, I just wanted to see that fat, squishy-ass face get squished. But
3: That's why you don't bring a thermos to a lunchbox fight, you <laughs> fat
2: Nazi. <laughs>
1: <laughs> fucking deal with it.
2: He's like, fuck, I already ate my lunch.
1: Um, <laughs> and my lunchbox. With a fight. Fun- yeah, right. <laughs> oh,
2: you're supposed to keep that. Right. recyclable. I didn't know.
1: So then, the mom, he's got feed the hungry, and the mom says, look, if you want to feed the hungry, bring a friend over for dinner.
2: And he chooses Hashimoto. Or... Right. But at first, though, they make it, they they, they trick you here because they, they show him walking around in the park, like trying to find a friend to invite over. And, and he looks over at this ginger kid that was there and you hear the ginger kid going like, uh, hey, man, did you say, hey, yeah, you knocked the fuck out of him. So at first you think he's going to go make a friend. Right. But he but he doesn't No. And and i but I wanted it so bad to be that with like the redheaded kid that watched him knock that fat kid out, just sitting there the whole time, like afraid he's going to get hit with a lunchbox. <laughs> he's like, no, I just we just do what little boy says now. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. He's He's told me to come. I'm his prison bitch. <laughs> <laughs> That's how it works. So but no, but yeah, it was Hiroshima or Hashimoto that he invited. Spoilers. Spoilers, man. So fuck, fuck. So um and they're having hot dogs, and this guy is looking at that onion covered hot dog the way I would look at that yeah, onion covered exactly. oh, hot dog. So you
1: invite people over for dinner and make hot dogs. That's, <laughs> That's that's interesting. That's interesting. Why would you make that choice? No, it's fine. Really, it's cool. I would like to you were just having full... casserole by random when right. the other
2: guy showed up. But okay, I'll eat a hot dog.
1: And she at one point, she goes, do you have hot dogs in Japan? And I wanted him to be like, oh, do you have rice in America? <laughs> <laughs> That's, a stupid. That's a stupid question. <laughs> <You're>... <laughs> I've been here for 42 years.
2: Right. Yeah, exactly. He's like, well, you know, I've seen hot dogs before.
1: Right. And then he takes out a picture and he explains that everyone in his life has been – is dead. Mm -hmm. Uh, He's been in America for 42 years.
2: He's got these two cute little nephews. Right.
1: And he's like, they live in Japan and I wanted so badly for him to be like, oh, they live in a very safe city. Nagasaki (laughs) is not a military base. (laughs) So do not worry.
2: Whatever happens in this war, they will be fine. (laughs) (laughs) God. Basically that's where we go But before that We've got to get Some more hate crime And so London comes in And sees that There's a damn chap At the table He backs away Like he caught them All fucking on it mm-hmm. And then comes back With a shotgun Right and you can't get a gun license with flat feet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, They're strict about it. That's crazy. This is California. This
1: is in Florida. Come on now.
2: I want it so bad for the Japanese guy to be like, are you sure you won't uh, trip and fall before you can... Are you about to spin around
1: him? and shoot yourself in the face
3: by it's, accident? Yeah.
2: What we know of you so far. <laughs> He's pointing it the wrong
1: direction. And, yeah. <laughs> I'll do it, man. <laughs>
2: I don't think you will. <laughs> so, it, it, but then this is the other point where, where little boy, um, like competes for the motherless pig thing. Cause once he runs the fucking get out, the little boy turns to his brother and he goes, your dad had to go to war because you couldn't. I'm like, that's a little, I mean, I know he just ran your friend off with a shotgun and all you, you probably should say something about it, but that's probably not it's a it. little harsh there, Pepper. Yeah, that a was harsh. Un- going hard un- in the paint necessary. <laughs>
1: uh, by the way, I just wanted to point out at this point, brother's costume notes went from full on, like greaser to gay porn.
2: Oh, yes. <laughs> I, I wrote in my notes like his costumes must have come out of the too gay for Channing Tatum pile. <laughs> right, exactly. He looked at him for magic Mike and he was like, come on, guys, that's
1: a little much. It's a little much. Let's give him to that guy that said over at Little Boy.
2: (laughs) They need all they can take. Right. They they had to take Kevin James from us, so, you know, otherwise you'd have to have his fat ass dancing around here. That would have made, I would have watched Magic Mike if he was up there dancing around. Anyway. Um, so then we get to the big move a mountain scene. Oh God! And I'm it, like, I even as the scene started, I was like, somebody better do some fucking magic or something in yeah. this goddamn movie. <laughs> and sort of they did. So yeah, so we're walking through town, little boys with the jap. All the town's folks see him and gather around to lynch him. I guess right, exactly. Him Buffalo Bills whatever. gonna put him in a pit. Yes. Yeah,
1: right, exactly. And everyone in this 1940s tiny fishing village is like, you better explain your ontological beliefs. Even if you did have powers, I have several follow-up questions about the way in which you would use them. It's the 40s. This is where James Randi grew up, apparently.
2: I guess... He'd already gotten all of them. So the brother shows up and demands proof of God. And, he, and the kid's like, but because the priest told me that if I had a mustard seed where the faith and, and didn't tell anybody <laughs> that we played in the dark salty tube that I could move a whole mountain. <laughs> and the brother, like, drags him across. The he's like, well, there's a mountain. Move it. And right. then everyone in town gathers around to check and see if he's going to move the goddamn mountain. <laughs> right.
1: Everybody. Everybody in this town is like, well. Let's see. Let's check it out. Yeah, well, then again, it, was the 40s. it wasn't the forties. It was like they had TV to watch. So, you know, if I didn't have TV, I'd be like, yeah, some kid down the street says he has magic powers. What the fuck else am I going to do? <laughs> We're all hate crimed out. The Japanese guy is here.
2: <laughs> we don't have any black people in town. No, no, nowhere in any frame of this film. Um, and But as he's like doing his magic hand wavy thing and trying to take a shit in his pants. Right. He's going Super Saiyan. Yeah, there's an earthquake, right? And then, like you know, everybody is standing around going, "Like, fuck an earthquake in California!" This kid must have god power.
1: I'm so surprised this kid, this movie doesn't end with this kid being the head of a cult.
2: (laughs) (laughs) So then we get this next, we get this little montage of him having magic powers that starts with mom reading the newspaper, and the only reason I point that out is because the headline in seventy nine foot fucking font is, you know. Minor earthquake strikes small town. That's right. front page news in the California <laughs> Bulletin right. during World War 2. <laughs> Little bit of rumbling. Also yeah, war exactly. still going not so great. Yeah, no real damage. Right. right. But all the people are fucking like gathering around like laying hands on him like he's going to cure their tumors now. Right.
1: And then he's he's doing his magic at his dad's picture. He's right. Driving, yeah. Uh, and so he gets a picture, he gets a letter, he's been screaming <laughs> at his dad's picture, and a letter comes through the mail slot, and in it, he reads, it's like a telegram that says, hey, he's a POW, the only way for us to, for your dad to come home, is for this war to be over. Right, So he yes. decides to declare a single-handed magic war on <laughs> Japan.
2: Yeah, yeah, exactly. He's like Saruman, like, bringing the mountain to life. Yeah. So he asked the Japanese guy to tell him which direction West is so that he can use his magic hand powers on Japan. To which he says the Japanese guy to his credit says, Hey, don't use your mountain magic moving bullshit on my country, white boy.
3: <laughs> right. Yeah. He goes, Yeah, that's uh that's where Japan is, but you know, as long as you're doing magic, maybe uh maybe point your hands toward the uh the concentration camp's in Germany. That's a little bit
1: off. <laughs> yeah, I, guess, I guess you want to help out your dad, Same but don't be an asshole. Direction,
3: <laughs> I, I feel like you're being an asshole about it.
1: Exactly. Well, I can only make stuff blow up. All right. Well, then you might as well want to go to Japan. Okay. The Japan. They have this moment in the car <laughs> where the Japanese man is just about to explain ergo prop to Hawk to the kid, and then he's like, <laughs> no, no, <laughs> right, no, it's fine. I don't really have time for a causality pep talk with you. <laughs> if you want to right. go stand on the dock and scream, what's going to happen? Someone's going to drop a nuke on that town where my nephews live? <laughs> <laughs> There's not even a military base there. Don't worry. It's going to be fine. So,
2: so, but now to his credit, once again, Hashimoto, the only likable character in this movie, does tell the kid, look, man, I was there when the earthquake happened. Earthquakes happen. I don't think you have magic powers. And he's the only person in this movie that's willing to tell this fucking kid that. And I guess, again, we're supposed to be like, oh, don't damn nay chaps. Mr. Just-
1: Hashimoto, when will you learn to love? <laughs>
2: right, <laughs> exactly. So he he comes home and and we catch mom and London in a fight. I guess the auto shop that dad owns is out of business. Well, dad's out of town, so she's trying to get a loan from Kevin James's character. Uh, London doesn't want that because you know he's probably pretty sure she's gonna have to get on her knees for it, right? Oh, and they
1: have a they have a quick check in where they're like, "Hey, where's uh, Pepper?" And he's like, "Oh, he's down at the bridge praying for genocide." Oh, okay, cool. Just wanted to know <laughs> just wanted to know where our son was.
2: Yeah, yeah, exactly. It just goes down to the dock to magic him a oh, war crime. Right. <laughs> so, and then we get another one of these um the scenes where Hashimoto and and the uh, Tom Wilkinson are playing cards, and Hashimoto destroys Christianity in this fucking scene. Yep. You know, he's basically like he's explaining to him why you should definitely not tell a child they can do magic because he's going because look, you and I know God doesn't exist. You and I know that you're lying to this kid and that God is not going to fucking intervene and bring the fucking kids home. So he even says it like this. He's like, so when your God works in mysterious ways again and this kid's uh dad dies, what are you going to fucking do then? And Tom
1: Wilkinson's like. You know, I'm not going to play cards with you anymore if you're going
2: to be a dick about
1: it. (laughs) You were telling me some pussy book stories. Tell me more of the pussy book
2: stories. Let's go back to
1: that. But no, he's like, well, if God is evil, then God will help him through it.
2: Right, right. yeah, exactly, exactly. exactly. If God kills his son, then God will give him the power to get through heaven, or his dad, rather. Just why so many people have brought
1: the victims of Jared to visit him in jail so he can
2: help him work through it. (laughs) We're probably watching that movie next week, yeah. I would imagine, so
1: and, and you should have told someone earlier the Jared Vogel story. <laughs>
2: So the kid's going I guess every day now He's going down to the docks To scream at Japan Right And yeah. his psychosis Inspires the whole town To gather around And watch I'm Like this kid needs help Right And I this wanted them to join This clearly needs a psychologist oh, the be whole awesome. town is, is
1: standing around watching And I wanted so badly For like one kid to. And then all of a sudden It becomes a town tradition Every morning To stand like on, on the docks a slow <laughs> scream <laughs> 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 Am I doing it right <laughs>
2: So, and also we get this very conspicuous scene here where the, uh, the town clock guy or whatever goes up to the clock and, and sets the time so we know exactly what time little boy was screaming at Japan. Right. Right. By the way, this town, they are
3: gathered together constantly. Yeah. And for weird reasons. Like, what (laughs) do these, what do these people do when there's not an eight-year-old genocidal magician to watch next to the die? Like, (laughs) We cut over the empty theater. The, the owner's all pissed. This kid is fucking me over. I built this ten thousand
1: seat arena. Helped him discover his fucking powers. Damn
3: it. No, no, no one's coming is to see
0: Anyone
1: sure they don't have cereal. magic powers except for him? Because this is this is this is a huge investment, guys. This is the giant stadium of of nineteen forties small California seap town. <laughs>
2: So now we get to the scene we've all been waiting for. Um, He goes off to scream at Japan some more, and all the people in town uh, start congratulating him. He doesn't know yet, but they've got the newspaper that tells him that Hiroshima was nuked. Now— the The movie treats this like it's great. The, we get the kids smiling, riding his bike, waving everybody in town like he just found his golden fucking ticket or yeah, something.
1: Someone runs up to him and goes, "Listen, we have the best news. That's yes! how
2: they're talking about the bombing of Hiroshima. Now, this movie was not made in 1946, Yeah, right? I mean, I think we should reflect on the fact that this was made like two fucking years ago. We know now, you know, like back then, it's kind of forgivable. Yeah, okay, the way we ended the war. But we know what a horrible, terrible fucking thing. They have some type of sensitivity. But no, we get the kid riding around. To, I'm going to let it shine. Yeah, <laughs> I'm going to let it shine. It's, it's, everyone's like, yeah, jumping in the air.
1: Was that, right? I was like, oh, my God, if we have a cut to the fucking explosion. I'm going to shit my pants and eat it. And we (laughs) do. We fucking do.
2: We do. They And we cut out directly from I'm going to let it shine to video of nuclear explosion. Yep. (laughs) It's never happened in the history of cinema before. And the little boy's watching
1: it is like, ah. Oh, uh, we have this moment where he's like, what did I do? And it's like, if you did, if the conceit of this movie is if, if you did that, then what you did is you killed 140,000 human right. beings.
2: Oh, my God. You're God. terrible. Now, so the the kid shows, he comes up to mom. He's like, did yeah, they say when dad's coming back? And the mom gives him this, like, probably should have just like, you know, maybe sugarcoated this a little yeah. bit. But she's like. They're saying that the bomb might not have been good for American soldiers, so your dad's probably going to get tortured to death now. But I'm thinking to myself, okay, wait a minute. Is it American POWs that were inconvenienced by that bomb? Was that, honey? I've got some bad news about that
1: nuclear bomb. It it turns out that it pissed off the Japanese, and they (laughs) they might not totally respect the Geneva Conventions now that we've (laughs) (laughs) dropped a nuclear bomb on them. Nuclear, nuclear. (laughs) (laughs) Hold on, sir.
3: So, so no, I got good news and I got bad news, son. <laughs> uh, good news, you killed 140,000 Japanese people with your miracle. So awesome. Well done. Uh, bad news, Japan, it, they're not taking it well. They're kind of <laughs> <kinda laughs> being a dick about the whole thing. So it's not great for your father. Very
1: negative. Very negative. <laughs> and you got to imagine, I just want to throw that, Japanese people saw this movie. Someone right. Japanese. The country of Japan existed in 2014. <laughs> it means that this was, someone saw this. Can you imagine yeah. being Japanese? This is like, this is like a Holocaust celebration. Right. This is like if Kristallnacht was in a German movie and the kid was like, oh hey! Well, right! Now I can right. have the sticks because the broken. <laughs> <laughs>
2: It's fucking crazy. And they have so little sensitivity about it. They try with this next weird little nightmare scene where the boy and the bomb meet. Right. It's like a meat cute with a nuclear bomb. But, but it's uh, not
1: like it's not him being sorry for doing the nuclear bomb. No. Nuclear bomb. He's just <laughs> <laughs> He's just sorry that his dad is also dead. Yeah. The, right. We see him walk by Children who have been frozen into ash statues. And he's like, yeah, too bad. And then he sees his dad and he's like, no!
2: <laughs> right, right. And apparently we bombed him into black and white with a splash of red too. Right, exactly. Um, so. Bombed him right into Schindler's List. <laughs> exactly. And then we, uh, then we get to Hashimoto's place. He's coming home late at night and wouldn't you know it, Buffalo Bill is there at his house with London to murder him. Right. For being Japanese. Right,
1: exactly. And so they have this moment where he's like, yeah, I told you to get out, but you didn't. And uh, Hashimoto is like, doing this to me will not bring your son back. To which he gets punched once and Hashimoto begins to die. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he gets... he punches him and then starts to punch him again and just like whoa man whoa man that's enough you've killed him you've murdered this man
2: well but and that's the other thing too because then london has like a pang of guilt and he won't like leave with him or whatever it was to stick around and i'm like what did you think you were there to do like why <laughs> oh, do you? were think- we not gonna suck his dick i thought we were gonna have a <laughs> dick sucking i misread this
1: whole moment <laughs> i am super sorry well, what do I do with this
2: Vaseline? I'll oh, blow him up. up. You said blow him up. Blow him up. Ah. Oh, my gosh.
1: This is on me. You know what? I'm going to leave this in your bathroom, and it's going to make your skin feel amazing. <laughs>
3: <laughs> and by the way, Mr. Uh, Hashimoto, he's like he's, he's like Dennis Hopper in True Romance in the scene. He just oh, yeah. got ambushed by a racist who wants to murder him, and he's cracking jokes about the guy's dead son. He's all tough about it. So – uh, Pearl Harbor was clever, right? 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 You gotta admit. <laughs> Just saying. Uh, Don't punch coming. me a second time, right? Come in.
2: So, yeah, then we cut to the to the hospital with Hashimoto, and like and I had my nose. This must have been two really hard punches, because, yeah, he's like bruised in 73 places and, and almost right. uh, dead. The kid's there to visit him, looks down at his list, sees Barry the dead, and he was like, that was some pretty. Um, uh heavy-handed <laughs> foreshadowing, wasn't it? It seems
3: right. like this kid thinks he needs to magically murder someone to finish the list, <laughs> <All right. laughs> which... Be an in interesting close. Yeah. I
1: wanted so badly for him to go into Hashimoto's room and be like, I'm so sorry.
2: I need to bring dad back and then just pillow over his face. <laughs> <laughs> well, and they even suggest that because, like, in the, they, they cut to him watching the serial, and in the serial, Ben Eagle has to choose between his girl and his engine sidekick or whatever. So they really kind of set up that, like, okay, if you kill one, the other one will be alive. And right. So meanwhile, we get the 15th. Uh, soldier showing up to talk to mom. Scene this time right. to tell him <laughs> that dad is dirty and skin. Oh no, I'm sorry. That was the flashback to tell him that dad is dead.
1: Dad is dead. And so we get a flashback to Dad, apparently in a mime troop, because he's covered in white paint. I don't know, this is the weirdest interpretation of POW I've ever seen, which is where everyone's covered in talcum powder.
2: Well, you got to admit that if they put a bunch of mime troops in a POW camp, that's that's better than waterboarding or that more That is a POW anyway, so. camp
1: that I would not uh, exactly. hope to be exactly. rescued. Exactly, <laughs> so it's probably Oh, effective. no, we can skip this one, guys. Let's move on to the next one. They're good here. They're we good. keep
3: waterboarding. He won't say a word. Won't say yeah. a word. <laughs> We're going to get something out of him eventually. He's
1: gesturing. He's gesturing something about the nuclear <laughs> codes, but nuclear codes.
3: He seems to be stuck in a box. I don't understand.
2: So, so yeah. So the Americans bomb the, uh, the POW camp that he was in. He tries to escape, and we see a shot of him getting shot, and then somebody steals his shoes, and he's rolling on the ground. Um, right, and... The shoe thing is going to pay
1: off, but I, But in this moment in the movie, it's just weird because we see the dad die, get shot, and then someone steals his shoes. And it's like, wow, insult to injury. <laughs> right?
2: <laughs> yeah, but again, that, that pays off. Right. Um, so then we uh, – now we cut to the prison where once again they're letting London out the second time he's tried to kill the same person.
1: Right. Jap dropped the <laughs> charges. Yep. Yeah, the charges apparently were murder. <laughs> I, or, That's not how yeah. attempted murder works. It'll <laughs> yeah. let you just be like, No, no it's fine.
3: It's fine, really. <laughs> no. You you almost killed me, but then you saved me, so Yeah, yeah. you almost you, you
1: saved cool. me from being cancel out, they cancel out. He has this moment with his mom where he goes, Mom, are are you mad I tried to murder that Japanese man? And she's like, No, <laughs> it's not your fault. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we all make mistakes. <laughs> Once in a while. Mommy tried to kill a Filipina. <laughs> <laughs>
2: So then we get dad's funeral. We get his little funeral sli- suit, and he's crumpled up his little list, and he's thrown away. And the, the Al Pacino boots.
1: priest is wearing a lovely lace gown, isn't he? Though he looks fantastic, <laughs> looks like Scarlett old fucking Hera. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's just not a Christian movie without a funeral. So we cut to the funeral, and like the kids got this. You know, the priest is looking at the kid. The kids looking at the priest, and both of them are sharing this. Well, I guess you didn't have a mustard seed's worth of faith and after all, now did you, you <laughs> failure? Uh, right, and you see him
1: being like, okay, wait, I can save this. Wait, uh, there's four more things on the list I forgot to tell you about. And uh, one of them is you gotta find a, a pegacorn, which <laughs> is a pegasus that's got a horn off. Oh, fuck me. God, Hashimoto was right. I gotta stop drinking, I gotta take a cab back to rehab. You're
2: right. <laughs> And also, by the way, they never addressed this. I did, this didn't occur to me until we get back to the, um, to the funeral. But London has been let out of jail multiple times now. Does that mean that Teacup has to go back to being homeless or are they sleeping yeah, exactly. together
1: or? <laughs> Sorry, Teacup. It was just for his list. I w- liked being warm. I know you did, bud. But you're <laughs> going to go back and okay. So also, I want to throw out that I did cry at the, The the, the saying bye to the dead dad stuff at the grave.
2: But see, here's the thing, though. This is where it really started to – to, to to connect with me like how bizarrely good the acting was for this stupid fucking movie because even yeah. the little kid totally pulled it off in this yeah, scene. Yeah, absolutely. It's fantastic. It was very manipulative. I cried, but I cried when the raccoon
1: loses his cotton candy. So this is not a good... <laughs> if you watched this movie and you thought, I can't believe they're going to make fun of it. Look, it's a it's a graveyard scene between a little kid and his dad. Yeah. little kid and his dad. Everybody cried. I cried, you know, that's, that's cheating. What I'm saying is it's cheating. They could have put... <laughs> I, I've scene where a little kid cries about his dad in the middle of
2: Birth of a Nation, and I would have been like, well, yeah, it's still sad when dad a kid's dad dies. <laughs> nice. So, yeah, right. And then we get the uh, the kid is sitting at the dock where he apparently didn't yell at Japan loud enough or he didn't ever finally pass He's that stone. at Japan. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then Hashimoto shows up. Now, he, I guess he's trying to cheer him up, but he starts telling him all this depressing shit about when his wife died. So I'm right, like, dude, right. I don't need your grief too now, do I? Right. Also, Hashimoto, not at all
1: affected by the bombing of Hiroshima. No, he doesn't
0: seem to <laughs> not mind the like, lick. Hey,
1: um, you really fuck it up. <laughs> really fucked up. You know how you're like friends with me and you realize I'm a person now? You just killed 140,000 of me. So, you know. Maybe suck on that while you pout on this.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Think of all the children who feel just anyway. So then the kid like he's like, yeah, it was stupid for me to believe in that list. And instead of going like Hashimoto's character should as everything that we've been built to believe in of this character should say, well, it wasn't stupid for you to believe in the list. It was stupid for the priest (laughs) to give it to you. You're just a kid. Instead, he goes, no, no. It takes courage to have faith. Right. Courage? Which Are you sure look, that's the word you're looking that, for? It takes no courage to believe. No. None. <laughs> None, <laughs> None <laughs> at Zero? all. That's, in fact, that's almost the opposite word of what you want. <laughs> it's exactly it takes the opposite. to believe. Yes. And then, oh, and by the way, just in case they didn't squeeze a tear out of you the first time, we go back to the grave now so he can put his list on his dad's grave and cry some more.
1: Yeah, and again, this is where this movie is like full-on emotional manipulation. I was like, please, th- oh, it's going to cut to like a dead puppy in that Sher- <laughs> Michelle Glocken song. You, know, e- <laughs> <laughs> you crying yet? Maybe if you cry enough, you'll forget about the Jap stuff in the early part oh of this movie. Oh, my God. But he puts the, the list on his dad's grave, and he says, I did it for you. And I want it so badly for dad to come bursting out of the ground, <laughs> <laughs> even though his body's not there. But I, st- I thought it would have been cool.
2: So now we've got to wrap up the whole Kevin James storyline. So we go back to the uh, to the doctor's office where he can get his midget diagnosis. They still don't right. know what to call his shortness. He says
1: uh, thirty nine inches, and I wrote the Eli Bosnick story. <laughs>
2: you did not. So, but that's how tall I am.
1: <laughs> you can't tell on the podcast.
2: <laughs> but uh, but Kevin James wants to make it uh, clear. You know, regardless of why his kid's so short, he is still willing to fuck he, mom.
1: He has this moment he goes, Yeah, I, I don't know really know what to do. Maybe I could come to your house and fuck you until your son is taller. I like, <laughs> what the fuck is he? He's just like, Can I come on? I have no idea what he's talking about. Nope. Not the time, bro. Right. Nope. Oh, okay,
3: I understand. I understand. Maybe maybe we just masturbate to our dead spouses'
1: pictures together? <laughs> no? oh, what? Nothing, nothing. nothing. Mm. We can back to back it so it's not weird if you want. <laughs>
2: But she shoots him down. She says, I will always be Mrs. James Busby. And I said, oh, snap. She told him about how she'll never love again and die alone and depressed. I guess that's a good thing. I don't fucking understand these movies. Spinster mic drop. Yeah, oh,
1: Don't worry, because Stephen Moffat wrote this movie. So we're going to learn that the person we thought was dead isn't
2: dead. Yeah, they cheated. The fuckers <laughs> right. cheated. Now, all of a sudden, dad's not dead. And keep in mind. The old man voiceover told us he was dead. Right. The the Like the future we have, narrator. We now have
1: an unreliable
2: narrator. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. What, what else has he
1: lied to us about? <laughs> well, he lied to us about that town not being a shit horse. Well, that's true. <laughs> yeah, we should have known better. Also, I want to point out, the movie up until this point... Actually, listen, it's not a good movie. No. But the movie up until this point actually had the chance to make a real point about the serious consequences of war. And about, and about faith and the problems of faith. Mm -hmm. And this is the moment where the movie takes any meaning it possibly could have had and crumples it up and throws it in the garbage (laughs) and is like,
2: ice cream cones and happiness. Never mind what we did to those people in Japan. Right. So apparently they thought he was dead because the guy who stole his boots got killed and then his his dog tags were on his boots. Um, but it turns out he actually survived getting shot uh, and they find out that they go to see him at the veterans hospital or whatever. And right. we get the voiceover again. The suspect bullshit voiceover says, Father Oliver gave his religion credit for my dad not being dead, although he would have not. Taking the blame if my dad was dead, right? That. He wouldn't.
1: He certainly, when we thought he was dead, didn't come up and tell me that God dropped the ball. So. Right.
2: <laughs> hmm.
1: Now that I think about this story, it's kind of fucked up what he did to me. <laughs> I should call him. There was also a salty tube with my eyes. It's fine. It's fine. Sure.
2: So- <laughs> We should totally do that, though. That should be our thing. We should just do narrations for Christian movies that don't have narrations. (laughs) (laughs) But they all have narrations, damn it. Um, So then we get, like, Dad sees him. Now, Dad's, like, pretty fucked up. You know, they're saying, like, you know, he hasn't spoken or whatever since he's been back. But, damn it, wouldn't you know it, PTSD can be cured by a little kid hugging a pair of boots that you wanted.
1: PTSD and head trauma cured by love. That's how (laughs) it
2: works. Yeah, exactly. Oh and then he looks at the, the 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 dad looks up at his mom says I remember you being hotter but whatever and <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs>
3: everyone lives happily ever after. And then uh here's the part they don't show you. Um 3 days later Nagasaki gets bombed while Pepper's sleeping and the town goes back to hating him for being small. <laughs> yeah,
4: right right. Oh.
2: <laughs> and there's another hey. earthquake too. Yeah, well he's out of town. All right, well I I say that this at the end of a lot of these movies, but I don't know that it's ever been as appropriate a question, or that I've ever been as genuinely curious. What the fuck is the moral of this story? (laughs) That if you have faith, (laughs) events will unfold in a chaotic and unpredictable fashion that often doesn't work out well for anyone? I mean, fuck the moral. (laughs) What emotion are we supposed to even walk away with from this movie?
1: Uh, uh, War is sad unless it's for Japanese. (laughs) Is that it? I get it. two (laughs) points I win I guess uh,
3: (laughs) the lesson is don't let delusional kids pray for stuff because it works (laughs) unless you want a nuclear attack in which case you should let delusional kids pray for stuff because it works
2: yeah right. I, I i so want the sequel with fat man that would be a much better fucking story that's the story of teacup
3: <laughs> oh right on right on he Hell, yeah they were already
2: back out
1: to the garage he goes and stands <laughs> on the dock and yells he thinks he's yelling at the garage he thinks the sun is the garage so he's just, ah! <laughs> and then they bomb nagasaki oh, fun fact okay interesting yeah, it's a deleted scene
2: <laughs> oh right gotcha <laughs> All right. So, well, now that we know all the <laughs> geological powers of random hand gestures, we can't afford to risk all the Japanese civilians a thumbs down might cause. So instead, we're going to have to rate this thing by analogy once wow. again. So, Heath, I'm going to give you the obvious one here. All right. If this movie was a war crime, what <laughs> war crime would it be? All right. Uh, well, well, my first thought is mustard seed gas.
3: But that's not, <laughs> that's not, ex- that's not exactly it. Here's another word for faith. Um, uh, well, let's see. Um, well, Holocaust. I want to say Holocaust, but that doesn't quite describe it either. Um, double Holocaust. Two holocausts. Because, mm. because again, yeah, the, the moral of the story, two holocausts don't make a right. Wait, no, they do make a right. <laughs> yeah, two two holocausts that's... make a right. That's the moral of the right. It's like squaring a negative. I always forget it. That, that's the movie in a nutshell.
2: And Eli, if Little Boy and Magic Soccer Ball Girl from the last movie got into a fight, who wins and Why? Uh, I'm going to
1: call it a technical tie because um she would give him the Dakota Fanning's cancer, but then he would scream at her and all of 9-11 would happen. So, you know, it, it would balance out. <laughs> She ended up working at the towers as an adult. I forgot
2: to mention that. Well, right. Yeah. I mean, if she touches him, then she, yeah, she would exactly. catch the short. Too, then she so. gets, yeah,
1: exactly. She turns into a midget, and then they both 9-11 together. I don't know.
2: I get the, I get the feeling of doing these two in a row, like we're ramping up for a really lame pint-sized Christian Avengers crossover at the end <laughs> exactly. or something. That, fucking awesome. Well, I guess that's going to do it for our review of Little Boy, but that's not going to do it for the episode quite yet since we haven't teased you about next week's show yet. So, Eli, tell us what's on deck.
1: What would Jesus do?
3: The movie, not the, the m- annoying the phrase. Mo- yeah, not the movie,
2: <laughs> not the, the, the bumper sticker. <laughs> <Yeah>. so <laughs> we're just gonna review the bumper sticker. I love it. No, I gotta say, we the preview for this one is everything you want in a shitty Christian movie preview. I, I, I like I said to Heath as soon as we saw it, I'm like. Oh God, that's so what I need after all this high production quality of fucking yeah, exactly
3: yeah. of little boy. This should be great. Basically, a uh, Christian drifter with a heart of gold helps save a town from an evil casino developer. It's like Christian Jack Reacher. That's really yeah. weird.
2: <laughs> Just remember, you wanted this. Pray, pray, pray. I hope there's headbutts now. Uh, <laughs> shit. So with that, to look- Werner
1: Herzog still bites off his own thumb. <laughs> I have a fantastic story. I met <laughs> Werner Herzog. He's a mutual friend of a friend uh, at a party, and everyone was sort of surrounding him and bothering him and bothering him. And so finally, he got sort of pushed over to me, and he just looked tired and upset. And I wrote, "I went, hey man, I, I, I want you to know I really like your work." And he was like, uh, "Thank you, thank you." And I go, "You were in Jack Reacher, right?" <laughs> and he had this moment, and he goes, "Ha!" ha, 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 ha. <laughs>
2: I've gotten my laugh out of Werner Herzog. Awesome. (laughs) Awesome. Awesome. Well, I'm so amazed. I did not think that we were going to be able to end this episode on a high note, but we could. So quick, let's uh, let's bring episode Blackjack to a merciful close. Once again, a huge thanks to all the Patreon donors that help make this show go. If you'd like to count yourself among their ranks, you can make a per-episode donation at patreon.com slash godawful and thereby earn early access to every episode. You can also help us a ton by leaving us a five-star review on iTunes and by sharing the show on all your various social media platforms. And if you enjoy the show, be sure to check out our sibling shows, The Scathing Atheist and The Skeptocrat, available on iTunes, Stitcher, and wherever else podcasts live. If you have questions, comments, or cinematic suggestions, you can email godawfulmovies at gmail.com. All the music used in this episode was written and performed by Ryan Slotnick of Evil Drafts on Mars and was used with permission. If you like what you hear, hear more by following the links on the show notes to this episode. Thanks again for giving us a chunk of your life this week. For Heath Enright and Eli Bosnick, I'm no illusions promising to work hard to earn another chunk next week. Until then, we'll leave you with the Breakfast Club close. But
1: don't you good day to br-
2: Hashimoto was murdered later that day by London, the guy that kept trying to kill him that they didn't press charges against. London was found guilty and sentenced to 20 Our Fathers with a possibility of parole after 12. Little boy,
3: convinced by his priest that he was personally responsible for the bombing of Hiroshima, took his own
1: life when he got old enough to understand what nuclear explosion meant. Little boy's dad's tumor was cleared by his head trauma, and upon realizing his wife looked like a fuck doll made of beef jerky, he took his own life.
0: Uh, don't you walk
1: all <laughs> <man>. <laughs> 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 took our job. <laughs> <laughs>